Hey, David. Yo. Have you ever wondered what it was like to live beside a uh, race car track? Um, <laughs> I can't say it's ever crossed my mind, but uh, sure. Why not? Have you, uh, you well, you've stayed at my house recently and uh, you're staying at my house again. But uh, lately it's become a little bit too obnoxious. So I live beside a shopping center and between the ungodly hours of like 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., the shopping center becomes like this racetrack and just these <laughs> tuner idiot morons are out there doing donuts and trying to race around the mall and crashing into things. And is that not illegal? You'd think, but engines are backfiring, whatever. No, nothing. They're not getting caught. And by the time anybody calls, nobody can respond that fast. So like. What you're saying is that you need to take it into your own hands. And so when I go down there, we're going to turn into like uh, a vigilante group, kind of like Batman and Robin, but would be something slightly different, more like uh, like moth and and (laughs) mothball. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just jump off the balcony and be like, I am justice and I am vengeance. Yeah. You know what's not going to be backfiring and causing people to stay up super late? At all hours of the night. What's that? <laughs> this episode of the CNS Screen Podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the CNS Screen Podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Well, 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 here we are again in the middle of the summer already. David, this just cannot be. I guess when does summer technically start? Like June, right? Yeah. Well, June 20th, isn't it? So we're like, and when does summer end? Like when's the first day of fall? Uh, September or October? Uh, fall is September 23rd. So we're like halfway through. We're no matter what way you look at it. Yeah, we're like halfway through the, the summer. Yeah, because last year we went away to that. Uh, the beautiful beaver cottage on like it was like the second last week of September and it got cold fast. Yeah, I mean, like it's warmed up quite a bit here from the last few weeks where we were having a pretty, uh, pretty chilly days. But uh uh, yeah, I that this saddens me because I feel like we just started having summer not too long ago, and then up in the northern hemisphere, we're gonna start having winter soon. Yeah, I I kind of think about that every day now. I like walk across the street, and I'm like, oh man, it's beautiful. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and we're almost at the point of summer where the sun starts going away faster. And the calendar flips through August and in two, three weeks, the sun will set before nine, four, eight thirty. I think it's like depressing. The only advantage of, you know, the fall is that uh, extra hour of sleep that we get that one night or that one day. Yeah. Savings time. <laughs> that, that one extra day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know what? It, it's. Um, it's when you think about it, though, we live for summer, but really summer is like a, maybe a week of time that we have, maybe two weeks if we're lucky, because like when, when you think about it, we spend so much time working that sure, you know what? We've had a few months of amazing, nice weather, but really, how much of it have we actually got a chance to enjoy? And like, you know, we, we would spend more time in the, in the fall and the winter playing video games inside, but like we spend, try and spend more time outside doing things outside, but how much time do we spend working? And then we get home. It's like, Oh my God, I'm just so tired. I want to, don't want to do anything. It's just, yeah. that's why I feel like the summer, especially when you're older, like the summer goes by so fast, but like think about when we were in school, elementary school, we're out like beginning of June, right? So there's June, July, August, like three full months where you don't have to do anything. You can stay up late. 
you can play video games and to the wee hours of the morning sleep in and have no real uh responsibilities but man growing up sucks growing up (laughs) but i still have adult money which means i can play adult video games and i can go go to movies and i can go do other things like ones with with boobies no you played those when you're like in high school like uh what was it dead or alive 5 that came out with the xbox 3s or the playstation 2 and the xbox 360 what? The volleyball, the volleyball games. Oh, uh, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Yeah, yes, you would know exactly what the title was. Did you have the poster up on your wall too? I actually never did. I never owned those games, uh, but uh, I knew I actually <laughs> in high school there was a a group of kids that were obsessed with those games, and uh, th- that those games were in the news with all the time. Yeah, for, like, that's the real. For and then they would always come up with like the the next game. And I remember like at E3, they would always announce them and stuff like that. And they're like, we have spent so much time working on this game, analyzing what the gamers wanted. And we have spent the last 18 months working on the perfect boob physics. (laughs) Nobody cares about volleyball. Just take boobies. <laughs> and, and that was the maturity of everyone in that gaming space back in the day, right? That was there are, like, still, there are still games that are like that, which like draw that crowd. But you so know what? what? The Nintendo Switch has a lot of those games. Like, like if you browse the Nintendo Switch, like the eShop, there's like literally games called like My Hentai uh, Lover or something like that, and like they're all like weird puzzle games, but with like the weird anime anime girls on there and you you i guess undress them through like puzzles or something like that but i mean the nintendo switch has just browse through the eShop and games that are on sale and like there's some some crazy shit on there and steam's getting really bad too like anything anyone can publish a game on steam do you remember like Newgrounds in oh, high yeah. school oh and yeah you'd be like oh i'm on the risky page where you could take off the girl's shirt and there'd be like a swimsuit it was just like flash games but we were all too stupid to realize that and then the librarian would get mad at us (laughs) (laughs) honestly i think the thing we played the most in like computer lab was mini clip games and it was the pool game and it was yes do you remember uh lifesavers had its own website which was just games that were candy themed and you'd play the mini golf game yep that those, those, were, the those were the days <laughs> and then um if you're an early 90s baby the the equivalent to that in high school for you would be neopets neopets was uh, pretty big uh eventually we figured out that we could install uh you could install a copy of halo on pc and just copy the install folder to another computer and it would run so we would put halo on all the uh the computers in the library and uh, get in trouble for playing that uh, until someone put a piece of baloney in one of the CD-ROM drives, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, computer privileges were severely limited <laughs> in it, the school in general. It's amazing to jump in this time machine right now, which was actually completely unplanned. There was like Endstorm, there was mini clip games, there was Newgrounds, there was. Ugh, what was that remember. penguin one? What was the penguin club, one? Club Penguin. Club Penguin. And, and uh, Habbo Hotel, where all Habbo the hotel the, that was the another big creepers one. and pervert and like wasn't that owned by like Much Music or something at one point? Yeah, one of them was was like that. Yeah, it was so weird because like the whole thing would just be like you logged into the hotel and you got to build your own room only if you collected money, but like none of our parents would let us buy stuff, so you actually had to do like tasks to get your money. Yeah. And every chat bubble would be like ASL, ASL, ASL. Oh, cool. I'm 14, too. (laughs) We lived in a a strange and creepy time, man. Yeah. You know, like when you think about it, like it wasn't really that big of a deal when you're like in a chat room and you just just be like, yeah, ASL uh, 15 male in Canada. Oh, sweet. I'm from Canada, too. Where? (laughs) It's like you don't think much of it. Like. I mean, oh, I'm from Canada too, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm slow too, eh? Uh, <laughs> Simpsons yeah, reference. We, we played a lot of uh, we played a lot of those games. I mean, 
I remember having dial up and discovering uh, downloading uh, like PlayStation one games. Yeah. Cause we had modded our PlayStation one. I remember uh, we had done that. And uh, I still remember the, the mod chip to this day. It was very rudimentary. My brother had uh, tried to install it. We burned a game and it wouldn't load. And he had like miss connected one of the wires so we we finally got it going but i remember then spending most of my time finding like like and you would download stuff through like uh web forums and stuff like that people would post stuff and, and share them and it would take forever to download stuff um and then uh got into like playing mmorpgs and stuff like that like ragnarok online lineage 2 stuff like that because that's what all of our friends were playing and then private servers, everything just kind of like migrated from playing these, these, you know, party game or not, I guess they weren't really party games, but playing these like flash games to get into the, the darker web of illegal pirating of games and stuff like that. But yeah, those were the good old days when we were innocent and you could, you could tell someone where you're from without really hesitating i mean i still have some friends who i have on facebook and i talk to on a not like regular basis but like catch up with every so often that i met on like gaming forums like for uh one guy i know he's from the netherlands and we met on a a forum for modding the gamecube damn that's like one of my groups of friends actually at the wedding two groups of friends that i've always gamed with met each other for the first time last year but they've all been in um groups together but my my buddies like that I, i've spent a ton of time with came down to the wedding and it was just like two of them i just game with mm-hmm. right like i know these guys so well it's like the best so it's 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 fucking crazy it's uh, like gaming just gives you this different kind of connection to people well and i was like see- I was like seeing like posts on Reddit and stuff like that, where it's people are say, Hey, like we've been playing on Xbox live for the last like 15 years, but then we finally met and, uh, it's cool. Like it's, uh, I think we grew up in that era where things were advancing, like the technology was advancing. So there wasn't all of these safeguards and, and, uh, precautions that there were these days. Right. So it was a little bit more of the wild west of the internet. Yeah. Right, but it allowed us to make connections with people, and at the at that point, you know, you'd like to think that most people were innocent on there, right? Obviously, there was people who were in it for nefarious reasons, but you know, the number of friendships and relationships that have been made over those early days on the internet, like it's uh, it's crazy. Like, I I could go through my my Facebook friends list, and uh, you know pick out like half a dozen people that I've never met in person, but I've only ever talked to them online. Right. Like, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let me ask you a question then before we get onto actual topics that we were looking for today, was there ever a game you played at school where you lost computer privileges or you got in trouble or it was deemed inappropriate? Oh, well, like we lost computer privileges all the time. Like it was either Halo. It was uh, we got SimCity on there. Uh, There was the like I had mentioned, the baloney and the CD-ROM drive fiasco. Uh, You know, I had installed SWAT on one of the computers. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was a lot of stuff. I would say uh, on (laughs) almost monthly, we would find another way to get banned from the computers. So for me. I remember this librarian coming up to me and just tapping old Sean on the shoulders or young Sean on the shoulders. Like, what are you playing? Nothing. And like back then you couldn't tab out. You were just playing. Yeah. You were like, I'm playing dead or live extreme beat volleyball. (laughs) No, I was playing Frogapult. Frogapult. Yeah. And they were mad because I was murdering frogs. Oh, what was that one worth? uh, The ski free. Ski Free was the one where I, I think it's still active or live. Ski Free is the one where no, the abominable snowman would yeah, attack no, you. That's a Windows computer. That's a Windows program. There was the one where it's like you go off. Oh, Line Rider. Is it there Line Rider? Ski or Die. Ski or Die. No, there was a game where it's like he saw the, it, he goes down this like ramp and then 
Uh, you remember uh, like Jetpack Joyride, that mobile game? Yep. Like those kind of things. So you have to like go off the jump and then you hit different things and blow up and see as far as you can go. But uh, no, Ski Free was a big one. Uh, I'm going to play that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's like um, I found the web-based version of the community game Escape from Castle Hawthorne. So there's like a full web-based game that you can play. So if you ever want to, uh, you ever want to play the game that they all got stuck in in that episode of Community, it's on the internet. That's freaking sweet. I love that. So, yeah. David, what are we talking about today? Uh, oh, actually, maybe we should talk about the Grim first before we get into games. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have some slightly different change of i lost my mouse because of this game sorry uh, <laughs> a slight change of uh how we're going to address topics over the next uh, few weeks because of the st- strike that's currently going on for uh what is it the writers guild of america and uh, yeah and uh the screen actors guild right now yeah it's a it's a it's a tough time for all actors involved. And I I, I stand with the actors. I, I mean, I would love to have generational wealth, but more importantly, I think it's the fact that they're not getting paid for anything that's on streaming services. They're not getting residuals like um, Sean Gunn, who is uh, um, you might know him as Craglin from Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn's brother. He was a, re- a series regular on Gilmore Girls. And he was saying that like that show is one of the highest stream shows ever on Netflix. And they barely they see pennies on pennies, not pennies on the dollar, pennies on pennies. So David and I have made a conscious decision, as uh, a lot of other journalists have as well. And we stand with them as a, an infotainment podcast. And we're not going to be covering any sort of new movies or TV shows until the strike is resolved. So we won't be covering the rest of secret invasion. We won't be covering Barbie. Um, when, and if, and when the strike does end, we will do our MI one through seven, which I was super duper looking forward to. And now it's gone, mm-hmm. but actors and writers give us the entertainment that we need to shut ourselves down and just relax and recuperate and enjoy something that isn't our daily work or some of our anxieties and everything. And it's just guys like no matter what happens over the next few weeks, like it could be resolved as we're talking in this podcast, but we weren't joking a few weeks ago when we, uh, we titled an episode, nothing to watch. It is going to be a weird fall. Yeah, reality TV is going to be where it's at. And that's just going to be kind of like if you want to watch new content, it's going to be that or sports. Yeah. And and you know what, though, at the same time, you know, we need to support the people that make these contents, just like we need to support people that, uh, you know, deliver our mail or collect our garbage. Right. Like there are some people might say that entertainment or or actors, you know, they're not a vital part of general society for like the for for not production of stuff in society but you know what i mean like people need entertainment like sean said to kind of like get away from real life um and i would say like if if we didn't have tv shows if we didn't have movies we didn't have music um if we didn't have the scene on screen podcast people wouldn't have anything to do outside of work right we would be back at the age of the pilgrims you know, where you just pretty much live in to survive. Yeah. So it's it's important for us to support these uh, actors who, you know what, we might never ever meet in our lifetime. But at the same time, you know, we are also in a form of media and entertainment ourselves. Right. So it, it's something that we need to support other people creating content. And ultimately, people sh- deserve to be paid for the work that they do, regardless of the regardless of that work they deserve to be paid so yeah we're not I, talk about movies or anything i agree it's um get ready for a lot of video game content guys which is what this podcast originally was anyways so we win just yeah <laughs> um just on a closing note for that 
we do hope that it ends soon. We love talking about video games. We love talking about movies. We've also noticed that um, not only our own podcast, but podcasts all over have taken a hit because they show up in searches as movies, television, and entertainment. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, guys. It is what it is. But we are going to move on. We wish them the best. We support our favorite actors. We support our least favorite actors. And David only supports Michael Keaton. Well, no, no. I support like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff like that. Michael J. Fox and Michael Sarah. Just he, Michael. Michael Bay. He just supports all the Michaels. <laughs> Michael. Michael Jordan or Michael B. Jordan. I don't know where you're getting all this from. Michael but anyways, Myers. So I just keep coming up with mic names <laughs> so anyways uh so walkabout mini golf uh drops a new uh map called Dude. what is it called the laser traps laser no it's laser laser layer. laser layer do you have a round of applause or anything um what a do cheer? i got i have uh hold on uh no no i don't i thought i did but i don't no anyways uh Okay, let us just start with prefacing that we know that we've been kind of hard on uh, the walkabout team the last little while with some of their their maps. Now, we know that there's been a lot of work that goes into these. And uh, if, if anyone remembers kind of our conversations before, we felt like they were getting away from the mini golf aspect of it and spending more time on like the environment which I think, and I think both Sean and I were, uh, I think, in agreement when we were playing this the other day. This is the perfect mix of environment and mini golf. Uh, because one didn't take away from the other. And it was very thematic. It was super cool. It was fun to play. Uh, the, the holes were challenging uh, in a different way like they weren't just challenging because like you have to uh hit the ball in the right spot to cut off like you know two strokes but they were challenging that like it involves specific timing of your shots yeah. which i think is like a, a concept that they i mean a few a few courses have had stuff like that like uh Coyote valley right like you have to hit it on the windmill panel and stuff like that but those were pretty basic like timing shots and whatnot this one, though, if you hit the lasers, your your ball gets sliced in half, which that in itself is pretty cool. Like I, I like the implementation of that feature, but did it have to be all 18 holes? I yeah, mean, realistically, laser it was like, layer. yeah, like, OK, realistically, it was probably 60 percent of the holes had like a timing mechanism that you had to beat. Yeah, that's true. But that's time consuming. It took a that was probably one of the longer courses to play for us. And like, yeah, we do the balls and we do the the fox hunts, but it just there's there shouldn't be a tedious part of mini golf. And I think this is still the part of the game that they're they're lacking, because if we had a lobby of four people, that would have taken forever. Yeah, because we hold out on a lot like a few like what there was like seven holes on hard that one of us like hold out. Yeah, like uh, stroke or out, stroke yeah. out. So, yeah. But I mind you, like hard was like the regular or easy mode was was pretty good. Like there was some timing shots and stuff like that. But hard mode had a lot more uh, timing shots that were required, which I mean, it is hard mode, so it's understandable. But mind you, when we played, we had already done um, the full regular course, got all the balls and then did two fox hunts. And then we played through. So we were pretty tired. Like we had played for probably two and a half hours yeah. at that point. Right. I, I would say overall thoughts or, or I guess beginning with the laser layer definitely has like a James Bond meets Dr. Evil kind of vibe. So mm -hmm. like you definitely know what the inspiration is for these movies, right? Like mm -hmm. Austin Powers and Bond. Um, it was funny when we rounded one corner in the laser layer, there was just an inflatable shark. I was like, is that a shark with a freaking laser beam? No, no, it wasn't. 
Not until, until you played, you played it on hard. Yeah. <laughs> but the lobby now also had like some some quality of life updates, including a shark with a freaking laser beam on his freaking head. Yeah. A periscope that we don't know where it belongs. All that kind of stuff. Um, visually, this might have been one of the cleanest maps they've made in a while. Mm-hmm. I, I um, it kind of reminded me of Upside Downtown a little bit with like how they use coloring and lines to really make you feel like you were in a VR game, but also not in like a cartoonish VR game. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I definitely thought the polys were really well done. Like a lot of things didn't feel broken. If you shifted through a wall, they put a lot more stops than they usually do as well, which was kind of nice. I, uh, I specifically appreciated though, just the movement of the map. There wasn't a lot of super interactivity. There was like some little like servo servo robots, but you could read everything that was on the walls. There was like instructions, an itinerary for an evil party, all this stuff. Yeah. Like, I feel like they put in a lot more, uh, a lot more work into the finer details of the design, which did make it a lot more enjoyable to go through because it wasn't just a ton of stuff thrown in there. It was, there was less stuff, but more like strategically designed and strategically placed. So it was a lot of fun. Um, the I have to admit, though, hole 18 was disappointing. Hole 18, we both hole in one both times. It's it's way too easy. Um, yeah, but now, your timing could be a little bit off and it would be hard. I mean, we also played for three hours, like kind of right. But uh, in comparison to all the other hole 18s, like you know, even the journey to the center of the earth, right? That one was, wasn't super easy, but it was cool when you, you got it in there, it shot the geyser. I mean, this one, the big robot kind of, I guess on the, uh, the normal mode, he over like short, overheats. Yeah. And then the hard mode, he shoots a big ass laser, which is super cool. Um, but the best whole 18 or the coolest one, I think is labyrinth still. Oh yeah. Like was totally not expecting that to happen when with labyrinth, but I just felt like this one, it was just, it's a, it was cool. It looked super cool. And this is where the difference is. This one looked super cool with the laser spinning around and you have to hit it at a certain timing so that it goes, but you, you get a hole in one, right? Like if you get the timing, right, you get a hole in one. It would have been cooler if there was, if it was like a little bit, larger right like just for that hole but overall i thought it was pretty cool the uh but one thing that we did point out when we were playing is that the uh ball locations was way easier this time than the last few like they were all in cups or behind something it was like like you learn the pattern so quick you're like okay yeah but like it wasn't frustrating, like Journey to the Center of the Earth or yeah, Upside Downtown was frustrating as fuck. Those two were super frustrating, right? Uh, but these ones, we found them all in, in one go. Um, so, I mean, it, it didn't really give us the challenge that we were expecting for the for the lost balls, but I felt like it was a little too easy. So, I don't know. Guys, do a little bit more than this one, but a little less than upside down. <laughs> so let me ask you two questions then. And if our walkabout friends hear this, let us know. And uh, we'd ha- we'd happily talk about it. Question number one. Do you think with walkabout being on PSVR, it's going to be influenced a little bit more to have like these high res polys and the game is going to be a little bit more like focused on the overall viewing experience versus the, the difficulty of course like the first time you ever play a course you shouldn't be a minus player like what do you mean like you should be well like okay so maybe because we've played so much and we're like good at the game it should be expected but like even on hard i finished even and i finished like minus five or six for my first time playing and i had no idea what the course was like Mm -hmm. that's not really challenging anymore but like, are we playing for the challenge or are we playing for the social aspect of it? Right. Like, I think there's if we wanted to play for a challenge, then 
uh, I think there's there's way better games out there, right? But this is more like if the game is too challenging in general, then it's not accessible, right? Like the game, I think they're designing the game to be accessible to more people. Like it has to be easy enough that you could suck at the game and still complete all the holes, but also not too easy where you're getting hole in ones or you're you're shooting under par for every single hole. But do you but do you think because PlayStation is now involved with the game, or at least they're developing for PlayStation, like they're making the game more glitz and glam, so it's like more accessible but also prettier? I don't I don't know because like they still have to build the game and make it so that it will run properly on the uh Quest 2 hardware. And and on Steam VR Right. There's a multitude of hardware that they have to design for. Right. So I wouldn't necessarily say that they are going to be changing the, uh, the the game design like visually to make it more visually appealing. Um, because if they were going to do that, they would have probably started doing that a long time ago. Right. Like once they dropped uh, Quest one. Yeah, uh, support right, but my concern is like, and we've seen this in a few other games, like or a few other courses where like they're so visually dense that it causes problems and difficulty with the the quest too hard work to play it, like uh, the uh, desert one in the uh, temple or whatever. Yeah, well, you like know, that if one you glitched remember- out so much for us. That well, everything after I think Atlantis or the Temple. Although the Temple had a really cool story, and if you watch Moon Knight, it was like very fun to kind of like keep living it. Yeah. Um, but the Atlantis map, ever since then, I've noticed the frame rate drops have been more and more apparent, especially like not only just playing like online with your friends, but also by yourself. Mm-hmm. So like we might this goes into my second question. We might be seeing the end of life for this iteration of walkabout so do you think we'll either see a walkabout 2 when the quest 3 comes out or because the psvr is going to be still way more like um polished and powerful yeah or do we see a walkabout mini golf deluxe a la super mario kart franchise well i think at this point if they were to release a uh, a sequel they would have announced it by now like we know that they have a bunch of courses in the pipeline already. Yeah. And why would they invest all of their time in developing courses for uh, this game if they're planning on releasing a sequel? You know, even if it's a year down the down the line, right? Like uh, it, it wouldn't be smart for a, a company from a, like a developer's point of view to allocate resources on creating you know multiple courses uh for an older game when you're going to release a a new one that's similar you know in in a year or two in all Uh, honesty i probably wouldn't do anything i would just leave it as walkabout like the new oculus is coming out what within six months something like that yeah i mean at this point honestly just keep the game and just keep making courses right like it seems to be a, a working model uh for them uh, they have a bundle right now on uh, the Quest to store where you could buy the game in all of the DLC, like all the courses in one, one amount. But I did notice this. So the price is adjusted based off of what courses you have, right? And so if I were to buy that bundle with just the one course that we were missing, it was $5.28. But the course itself is four dollars and some odd cents plus tax. So after tax, it came to five dollars and like fourteen cents. So I don't know where they're getting that the the pricing structure from from that for buying the bundle, because uh, if the price adjusted accordingly, it should have been the same price with uh, as as just a single separate DLC. But anyway, so the overall course, though, I think we had a lot of fun playing this one. Uh, it was it was enjoyable. It wasn't causing a lot of uh, like eye strain or anything like that because I think it was there was 
more stuff that you can focus, but it wasn't like I had mentioned a few times, it wasn't so dense that you like you kind of strained to find something to look at or focus on. I, uh, I did have to turn down the via like the the sound effects though, because the humming from the lasers was a little bit much. Okay. Um now let's talk about though probably like the greatest thing that they added to this. And that is a collaboration with uh Exploding Kittens. The um the, the first time ever we had right? a is it the double Yeah. No wait. Um Exploding Kittens is I don't have the game in front of me. Um is it the oatmeal? Hold on. I thought what? I thought the oatmeal was like the cyanide and happiness games and all those other ones. Barking unicorns and all that shit. Anyways, it's the first time we've ever had two fox hunts on the same map, which was really cool. The regular fox hunt, you had to decrypt mission um, like tapes and follow schematics to make your way through. And the Exploding Kittens one, you actually had to find the player cards from Exploding Kittens. Was it the oatmeal? Uh, no, it's actually uh, it says kitten games. Oh, yeah. So it's like their whole thing because it's like the, they have the bear. They have the unicorn. They have throw throw burrito. They have a throw throw avocado. I think yeah. it's called. They have um, uh, barking unicorns. They have a bunch of shit. Yeah. So weird. Anyways, um, Exploding Kittens is one of the best um, two player or three player like card throwing games there are. Um, it's just who can run out of cards faster kind of deal. Um. But while you're searching for these cards, each clue is a joke about one of the card cats and it really are cat cards. And it really makes you think while you're playing the map, where did I see this? Where did I think I see this? And the golf club is the greatest prize of them all. It's a taco cat putter head with the exploding kitten as the, the grip. Yeah. Like coming up from a, a nuclear blast or something like that. It looks like. It would have been really cool if they also included a like an exploding kitten avatar. Yeah, that's like, true. If you unlocked it, I think that would have been really cool because neither of us knew about that. So it was like super surprising when we started. Yeah, because I, I it's funny because when you start the uh, when you start the fox hunt on that one, you pick up an uh, like a pamphlet or whatever, and then it opens up the option to select uh, pick up the recording devices or the uh, the exploding kitten card. And I didn't realize that. So I picked up the card and uh, then it turned into searching for the exploding kitten stuff, but it was pretty cool. Um, I think that added definitely some replayability to the Fox hunt. I think it was uh, probably one of the most unique crossovers that I've seen in the game in a while. I'd agree. Right. It was just like so random, right? But uh, they added like a little bit of a story and all that stuff to <laughs> the reason why you're finding these ca- cards and the, the cats and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. And you know what? That is my uh, one of my favorite fi- favorite putters now. Like it's it's, it's a taco. <laughs> it's a taco cat. I know, but it's like a taco is the the uh, the putter. And I had tacos for dinner tonight, so it's all it's all coming full circle. Nice. I, uh, you know, those little grab bag, like mystery things. I, um, I got the, uh, my sister gave me one in like a stocking once and it was an exploding kittens, like random card that you get to add to your deck. Mm-hmm. And I got the potato cat, which was like a, a special card. And it came with a little like Lego potato cat. It was kind of cool. So like they do allow you to expand the game a little bit. Which mm-hmm. is cool. All right. What's next? Pikmin. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's uh, let's give this one a rating, though. Oh shit! Good point. We gotta rate this one. So, out of one to ten taco cats, or or one to ten uh, sharks with freaking lasers on their head, what would you give this one? An eight. I will give it an eight. It's one of my favorite maps. So, like so far. Um, do I wish that there was a little bit more variety in the, the whole types? Yes. Some of the lasers are super tedious and annoying. And it kind of takes away from your ability to try for those like crazy scores because you have to be as strategic as to where you put your ball. But other than that, pretty fun. I would give this one a nine. Whoa. Uh, yeah. 
because in comparison to some of the previous ones that they've released or the most recent ones that they've released, this one is, uh, it, it really feels like it's, they're going back to their roots of what made the, their game so great. Like the, the, the holes are basic, but with strategy, uh, which is pretty cool. Like you can look at something, you can look at the hole and see exactly what you need to do. Um, the environment is great. It's a cool theme. It makes you really feel like you're in like a James Bond film or your Austin Powers or something like that. But uh, no, I, I really enjoy this one. And I think we'll probably end up playing it quite quite a bit more. As your VR collects dust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So Pikmin 4 has all its ratings now. The game's been out for a few days. The user score is about a 9.3. Meta score is an 88. Where did Nintendo go wrong here? What do you mean? How, how, well, it says Nintendo on it. Should it not get a nine just for being a Nintendo game? Well, it's because it's a Pikmin game, so it's not a uh, mainstream uh, Nintendo game. Like uh, the Pikmin games were very. They were kind of like one of those games. It came out for the GameCube, right? It was a new IP. It was cool, but I don't think it had as big of a following as, say, the likes of Kirby, Mario, Zelda. Right. So uh, I think this is more of a niche. And, and I use that term very loosely because there's still a big following for Pikmin uh, enough for them to make a f- an, another game. But I feel like the following for this one isn't as big as Mario or like their, their mainstream games. Like a parent is not going to go to the store and buy Pikmin over Mario. Because that's true. Unless you ask for it. Right. They don't know what like if they're just looking at the covers, they'll be like, oh, I recognize Mario Pikmin. Oh, that looks kind of cute, but I don't know what that is. So I'm going to buy Mario. True. Right. But I don't know. Are you did you pick this one up yet? I probably won't Pikmin it up at all. I never bought three. I never played anything beyond Pikmin one. See, and that you just proved my point. We did like we never bought them. Right. Yeah. And when you don't have the money to buy video games and your parents buy your video games, you're 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 stuck. Yep. You're you're playing what you what you can get. Yeah. Um, now Which I'm always grateful for. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we we got Pikmin for uh, GameCube. Um, and. I think Pikmin to the Wii Pikmin 2 actually was GameCube as well. They re-released them on the Wii with updated controls for the Wiimote. But uh, Pikmin 3 came out on the Wii U. So I had I had Pikmin for the GameCube. I played Pikmin 2 on my friend's place. Uh, and then I had Pikmin 3 on uh, the Wii U, which now I have it as well on the, the Switch. But I mean, I'll probably pick this up eventually. But uh, I mean, there's no real rush to get the game. I actually pre-ordered the Pikmin one and two HD bundle, like the physical nice. edition. Uh, I know you could buy it digitally on the switch right now, but I, I like to have those physical games. Um, and that comes out in September. So I probably won't pick up Pikmin four until it goes on sale for even a little bit. Uh, because I gotta, I want to replay the, the first two so that I can really appreciate the updates and changes for, between Pikmin three and four. Cause you ever have that where you're like, you, you play a new game in a series and then you want to go back to play like the original. And you're like, I, I just can't do it. Yeah. The Batman games, the Arkham games are like that. Really? Yeah. Well, you're just like, wow, I've, I've learned all these cool mechanics and like Arkham Asylum was different than Arkham Knight, right? Like, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So David, I, I've got a, I got a topic here. That's really going to, Boil your blood, oh. grind your gears. You ever back something on Kickstarter and uh, it gets released on a video game console in a streaming service? Well, I guess not a streaming service, but a, a game service such as uh, PlayStation Plus or Xbox Game Pass. Uh, well, actually, I I have. <laughs> and that's why we're talking about this, because I'm kind of annoyed. So way back 
in when did this start? Back in my day, way back when uh, I th- this was a pandemic game. I think it was. Um, there was a little company called Sabotage Studios. They had made games such as The Wanderer, I think it is, or some other stuff that they've made. Like they've made some pretty. Uh, oh, The Messenger. That's it. Um, some like indie indie games that have done really well. They had a Kickstarter uh, back in like 2020 or 2021 for this game that they were working on called Sea of Stars. It is a uh, role playing game uh, that is takes, you know, art style and some significant influence from like uh, Chrono Trigger and stuff like that. So I backed the game for like 25 bucks. Wasn't too bad. Um, And I was just going to get a digital copy of it. Whatever, not that big of a deal. Cool. But, I'm always I'm always down to support uh, game developers and and stuff on Kickstarter if it looks cool. Well, here is where things kind of got a little salty. Uh, a few months ago, they released an update saying that. Uh, uh, actually, it wasn't even a few months ago. Um, hold on. Actually, it was. It was June. Beginning of June, they released an update saying that uh, the, the game is complete, which was a, which is always exciting, and especially when you back a game you've been waiting for so long. They release a demo. like You've seen a lot of content. It looks like a fun game. But then they, they give out this big uh, announcement saying that everyone is like super happy for the game to be released. And then they announce that the game will be available on Game Pass for PC and Xbox on day one. So, womp, womp. You know, granted, not everyone subscribes to Game Pass. That's fine. But there are millions of people that subscribe to Game Pass. Um, and so as someone who has spent money to bring this game to life, they, I know that they, they struck a deal with Microsoft to get money, right, to have it on Game Pass. So a lot of people were really upset about that, saying like, you know, I like I, I could have got this for free. I've been subscribing to Game Pass for the entirety of its existence, and I feel kind of gypped out. Like, what am I getting differently? Like, I paid for this, yeah. and yet people who are just subscribing to a, a platform who had no real interest in the game to begin with is going to get access to it on day one. So the developers are like giving people refunds if they want and whatnot, which is is good on them. I was just thinking, okay, whatever, not a big deal. I'll just get it on Steam because I have my Steam Deck. I'll play it on on Steam. Uh, but so that's fine. It's like whatever, twenty five bucks. I made a game come to life. I like to think. Well, they just released another announcement today, uh, or not today, uh, this week that um they have a they've reached like the gold master so like the game is f- complete complete like it's ready to be released the ready game, to uh, go the game is is going to come out soon uh they announced that a demo is available on PlayStation 4 and 5 and then at the end of that announcement they also announced that it will be available for PlayStation Plus extra subscribers on day 1 so you're telling me I can get it for free twice? Yeah. And so this is my dilemma. I totally understand like that the, the, the company wouldn't have necessarily been able to make the game without those early investments from Kickstarter backers. But the fact that they were releasing this game on two major subscription services, right? Day one to uh, an audience of millions of people who, you know, not like I said, would have not necessarily had any prior interest into this game. I feel kind of gypped out of the support for this game. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't care. Like, I don't mind if a game goes on Game Pass. Right. Like uh, Lego Skywalker Saga. That's on Game Pass, but it didn't come out on Game Pass right away. Right. So I bought the game 
and I wanted it. I wanted the, to to have it in my collection. And you know, when when the game came out on Game Pass, like what six months later, something like that, uh, I was happy for you because you got to play the game, right? And then I, then I bought it, and then you bought it. But still, it's like I it it wasn't taken away from my ability to like enjoy the game and not saying that it being free on a platform is taken away from my ability to enjoy the game. But when you invest in the, the creation of a game with the expectation that you're going to get this game and, and it, you're, you're going to be a part of it. And then it's released the same day to literally everyone who had no real intention potentially to even buy the game or invest in it. It's kind of like a, it, a low blow because we know that these developers aren't just doing this for free, right? Like they, they've signed agreements with Sony and Microsoft and they're going to get a shit ton of money, right? They get paid for every download that they, they get and they get paid for being on there. And then they get paid for probably duration of time that, uh, that people play the game. So I don't know if I should say, Hey, look, give me a refund. Or if I just, can you at this point you know what and that's the thing is is the developers though are reaching like saying to people like if you would like a refund email us and we will give you a refund then do it so i and that's the thing though it's like i don't this is my dilemma right it's like i i don't want to sound and maybe i am sounding like a spoiled brat but at the same time i am paying for services that uh allow me access to these games. I've given the developer money. And if I play it on Game Pass or if I play it on PlayStation Plus, they're going to be getting more money from my subscription fee, right? So either way, they're going to be getting my money. But do I kind of do do I support these uh, ideas of, hey, we're going to get money from crowdfunding and then also strike big, big money deals uh with other publishers or like other companies just to get our product out it, it's a it's a difficult situation because like i see all aspects of it but at the same time it's like i feel kind of gypped like if they had to release the game and then six months later announce that it's going to go on game pass or playstation plus it would been way different because then i would have had like six months to really enjoy that game and and feel like I des- like I deserve that. Like I help create that. But when something comes out day one on Game Pass, it's just like, well, like we're the same way when we release games or, or when we uh, talk about upcoming games. Um, the we kind of expect like we have our subscription and we expect to get Microsoft games day one, right? But this is a third party developer. This is like an indie developer, which I think like it kind of takes away from the 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 idea that they needed support, right? They, they needed us to help uh, build this game. So it, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to mull it over a little bit. I might say, Hey, you know what? Like I'm going to play this game. I'm going to support you guys in that way, but this is not kind of what I had signed up for. Like, hell, give me something, put my name in the game. Actually, my name probably still is in the game. I doubt that they're going to update it and take the, the names out of the credits, but who knows? <laughs> Huh. All right, do you want to play the song so we can do games in August? What song are you talking about? Just play your damn song. The one that you love and you start singing every time. Picking up strangers. Now let me tell you about the dangers. If you don't like taking chances, then you better keep moving on, my friend. Picking up strangers. Let me tell you about the dangers. See, it's my favorite song now, too. It is. I know. Okay, so August is an interesting month, right? We have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We have cut the rope daily on iOS and Droid. That's how we're starting off the month. And we're following it up with, as always, our rules. Our rules are as follow. We will either pre-order the game because we think it's amazing. We will wait for it to come out because we like to see the reviews or we will bargain bin slash pass on it completely. Yeah. Starting off with the the first real one of the game, uh, the 
the month, we've got Black Skylands coming out on all platforms. It is an action-adventure game made by Hungry Couch. I know not much about it, but it's coming out on the Switch at the same time, so I can't imagine it's going to be wonderful. I I think it's funny how you started off with that one, because like, I've never even heard of this. Well, Boulder's <laughs> Gate is only coming out on Windows and Mac, so I figured it's just a re-release. No, it's not. This is the new game. Really? Baldur's Gate 3. This is the newest in the Baldur's Gate. Oh, uh, well, shit. Yeah. It, it, okay. This is an, an interesting release because the game is coming out on Windows first, and then it's coming out on PlayStation. Uh, so it comes out on Windows on August 3rd, and then August si- or September 6th, sorry, it comes out on uh, PlayStation 5. Yeah, so, this game is being this game was announced a while ago. Um, see, I looked at it and I was like, was Baldur's Gate 3 already out? No, yeah. okay, so Guys, here's I what failed ha- already once. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> so Baldur's Gate, there was a Baldur's Gate 3 uh, game al- originally planned, uh, and that was canceled back in like 2002 or something like that, or 2012. I don't know. Um, but this game has been in development since like 2019. Um, and I don't know, I'm pretty psyched for it. It's a classic, uh, RPG turn, turn-based RPG. If you want to get into D and D or like the Dungeons and the Dragons kind of style of gameplay, definitely pick this one up. It's going to be out on steam GOG, good old games. Um, and probably like Epic game store and everything like that. So, yeah, that's like the biggest game that's coming out in August. Shit, I'm so stupid. Yeah. Well, not bigger than Tower of Fantasy. <laughs> that is uh, a free-to-play open-world action RPG. Uh, looks like a... What's the Geshin Impact or something like that? It looks very similar to that. Genshin Impact, that one? Something like that, yeah. All right, what's next? What is um, Atlas Fallen? Uh, hold on. You missed WrestleQuest. Yeah, it, it's blacked out, so I didn't really miss WrestleQuest. It missed me. No, look, you got to look this up. Okay, is it bad? It is a, it looks actually pretty good. <laughs> the ultimate pro wrestling adventure. Powerbomb and pile drive your way through a massive pixel art universe where professional wrestling and RPG fantasy collide. Your idols await. Draw inspiration from wrestle icons like Macho Man, Randy Savage, Jake the Snake Roberts, and even Andre the Giant. Explore worlds based off their lofty careers. His name is Muchacho Man. Are you kidding me right now? This game looks pretty sweet. Okay, you pick the games through the list. I'm done. I'm done with this. (laughs) I'm logging off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Alrighty. Dave is going to do the rest of the show. Uh, Atlas Fallen is coming Don't care. Next. <laughs> <laughs> it's another action role-playing video game. Uh, that's coming out on the 10th of August. Um, was this one that was announced back on... Uh, I think this was announced back like on the Sony announcement thing or whatever. I don't know. It looks Sony had a presentation. Yeah, it looks generic. I mean, it it looks like any other action RPG that you know has giant monsters and people with lots of armor. Who knows? But nothing. But you're like failing it. to talk about the biggest game ever on August 10th. I I haven't even got there yet. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> okay. You've Anyways, a, <laughs> keep going. You've, <laughs> you, you've now hurt my feelings so much today that I just I don't know <laughs> if I can handle it anymore. Just because you can't read a list because you missed WrestleQuest. Uh, uh, it's <laughs> and Purr's pet shop for the Nintendo Switch. Nintendogs just won't die. This isn't even Nintendogs. Like you know, I, this I know. Point, like the- I wish that there was a Nintendogs. This is like this is a Nintendog wannabe. But come on, the dogs are they're cute. But like the concept just won't go away, you know. Oh yeah, it's like remember those uh, Imagine games from uh, on the 3DS, and there was that one Imagine Babies. Yes, that was always in uh, all the bargain bins, and I think you can find it at like Value Village everywhere. Um, on the 10th, Stray is coming out for the Xbox and Xbox Series X. Did you so, just hear that? 
PlayStation uh, gamers are crying. That's, that, I, that's what I. That's what I was going with. <laughs> Uh, on the 11th, Dead Cells is coming out on uh, PS5. That game's been out forever on everything else. So, uh, on the 15th, Everspace 2 is coming out. Uh, Everspace is a like space flight adventure game thing. Um, it's a sequel to Everspace, hence the two in the title. <laughs> Everspace came out in 2017. Um, I've always wanted to jump into it, but. I feel like it, I, I, if I recall, it has a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah. And uh, I don't really want to get into a game where I have to spend hours learning how to control a plane or a spaceship. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Moving Out 2 is coming out on the 15th, a sequel to the game that made everyone move out of their parents' house. Uh, Vampire Survivors. This is a, actually a, a pretty popular game on um, Xbox and Android and iOS and PC. Uh, it's coming out for the Nintendo Switch. Sean's favorite game series of all times coming on the 18th. You you bet your ass I'm getting that game. Madden 24. Uh, there's a lot of games coming out. Hold on. And- Hold on. Actually, Immortals of Avium actually looks really, really good. So I've seen a bunch of trailers for this game. Um, but Smurfs Kart? Yeah, well, look out look out, Mario Kart 8. There's a new contender in, in here. Yeah, Immortals of Avium, that's the one that was uh, shown off on uh, the PlayStation announcement or PlayStation uh, State of Play thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it looks really, really good. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that it's coming out on Xbox Series X as well, so it's going to probably suck, according to uh, some PlayStation gamers. And by some, we mean all PlayStation yeah. gamers. But let's let's take a look at Smurfs Cart live. Yeah, I might actually pick up Immortal of Avium. It looks really fun. It looks different. I mean, it'll probably show up eventually on uh, EA Play, which is part of our Game Pass. Uh... Oh. <laughs> you know what we haven't really been doing, saying whether or not we're going to <laughs> because we're not interested in anything but smurfs cart oh my god this that's game a, looks adorable that's a day one buy for uh for sean okay so it has here let me describe it as i'm seeing it so it has the the cartoonish features of a mario kart game but with crash bandicoot type textiles and the characters are 3d modeled to be more like kind of movie like than they are Mario Kart like this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen because it's like literally the rip off gameplay. Jeez, they look like they look like like claymation almost. Yeah, it looks cool, but like they're also barely moving. You notice that like the characters have no life, no. And the world, the worlds are pretty basic. But hey, you know what? Absolutely playing this fire game. If if I've played um disney speedsters or whatever the hell that's called it it can't be worse that's true and that game uh, sucks yeah uh we got dc3 ps uh, capo 3 plus story <laughs> coming out on the 24th for the nintendo switch and ps4 it is an anime or a japanese visual novel okay uh what else we got ride 5 which is a motorcycle racing game on the 24th uh, the new Armored Core game, though, is coming out on the 25th. Did you ever play the Armored Core games? I did not. They were pretty cool. They were like uh, mech games. You, you are in a giant mech. They're they're a lot of fun. This one looks like it'll be pretty cool. It's like a third-person shooter, but with uh, mechs. You know, the future of modern warfare. Uh, <laughs> I remember when this was announced not that long ago. Goodbye, Volcano High is coming out in all its weird dinosaur people glory. Oh, yeah. Looks uh, fun. Samba D uh, Amigo Party Central is coming out on the Nintendo Switch. Did you ever play or I, you never had a Dreamcast, did you? Uh, no, my neighbor did. The Samba D Amigo games was like a maraca game. So you actually had uh, the, the, for the Dreamcast, there was actual maracas that you would get. And it's a rhythm game. Play that. Uh, there's this uh, stupid game coming out on the 29th called Sea of Stars. 
Oh yeah, nobody nobody would be dumb enough to pay for that. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, this Daymare, nineteen ninety four, the sequel to uh, Nightmare. No, Dayman versus Dayman. Oh. Okay, so uh, Daymare actually is. Was there one? Uh, is this the original? No, there's Daymare nineteen ninety eight which is the first game. And then this is a, another one, or it might be an expansion or something like that, but uh, they're kind of cool. I think it was free on, uh, on Epic games. Scary game. Uh, What else we got? Uh, Anything else? War hospital, man, this game looks wild. It kind of has like that top down command and conquer kind of vibe, but you, you can build up your infirmary. Oh, geez. Um, and, that's almost like kind of depressing, dude. It's this game looks more like it's dark. It's dingy. It's um, blood filled and you perform surgeries. Like, so like cooking mama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like cooking mama. OK, so yeah. that's it for games in August. And then all of a sudden we're back to school where like all the kids are no longer playing video games. The sun goes down a little bit earlier in September and we get to start playing games again. We want to know what you guys think. Do you like the games that are coming out? Do you laugh at the fact that David once again bought a game that uh, he's going to get for free? And uh, (laughs) if you are playing Walkabout, how do you feel about Laser Lair? Let us know in the comments. For myself. Wow, wow, is very nice. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. We want to thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.